You have a business. What about making a bigger impact on the world at the same time? Ever wondered how to align a cause and a business together? Find out how to do that right here, right now on the Scale or Fail show. Yannick Silver is the founder of Maverick 1000, a private invitation-only global network of top entrepreneurs and industry leaders. This group periodically assembles for breakthrough retreats, rejuvenating experiences, and impact opportunities, to date raising over $3 million with participating icons. He redefines how business is played in the 21st century at the intersection of more profits, more fun, and more impact. He is also the author of several best-selling books, including Evolved Enterprise and Maverick Startup. Yannick's lifetime goal is to connect visionary leaders and game changers to catalyze business models and new ideas for solving 100 of the world's most impactful issues by the year 2100. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. So Yannick, thank you so much for being here yeah, today. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I love talking about this. Yeah. So um, you have been a business owner like from early on. We have that in common. Can you tell me and uh, in, in the audience of business owners here today a little bit about your journey up to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's got to start with my dad and my parents who immigrated from Russia in 1976. And pretty quickly after coming here, uh, my dad ended up starting his own company, a medical equipment sales and service company, like almost any family business you end up working for, for your family. And there's yeah. no, you know, probably no child labor laws that were, uh, <laughs> that were in effect there, but I was, I was definitely working for him doing all sorts of things. But then at 14, I was telemarketing, calling on my own clients, selling latex gloves at 16. The deal was I got a car if I would go out and cold call doctors. I mean, you know, oh my God. Like 16 year old punk kid, uh, you know, trying to trying to look older with a shirt and tie and, uh, and walking around <laughs> trying to talk to uh, 50, 60 year old doctors is very interesting. And I realized pretty quickly that cold calling really sucked. And um, but one of my doctor clients who I sold him his entire surgery center, he and I became friends and he gave me a Jay Abraham tape. And he's like, yeah, you seem like you like this marketing stuff. And it just like turned the lights on for me about direct response marketing and how to how to get doctors to reply without me having to cold call on them. And that was the start of what has then turned into me going into the internet marketing space a couple of years later and then starting Maverick, you know, about maybe about 11 years ago now. So that's kind of the, the fast forward version yeah. of it. Wow. You know, we definitely have some things in common. My family is from Russia too. So we'll oh, have, yeah. we'll have to talk about that. And uh, grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and we've been running our mastermind now ten years. So we, we've been kind of along this path. Yeah, there you go. Right. Let's just see. recently met. So. Right. Um, yeah. So Does anyway. Speak any Russian? Uh, I really don't. So. Yes. All right. We'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to teach you all the Yiddish, words. Some Yiddish, which <laughs> got a little bit of that in there, but. Um, <laughs> Right. So I'm, I'm a much better. My parents would talk to me in Russian. I'd answer in English. And, uh, oh, really? 
So they're like, oh, he's kind of like the family dog. He understands, but he can't speak back to us. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> so, uh, well, you're, I mean, you're an expert in business. You're an expert in startups, but you've also taken businesses to the seven, eight, nine figure. I mean, some real enterprise businesses. And, you know, the topic I've been talking a lot about lately is scaling. It's my book, Scale or Fail. Right. You, have, you have to do things really differently when you start getting to that higher level. And I know these are the business owners that you work with and that you connect with. Along the way, what do you feel have been the biggest challenges mm. in scaling? Yeah, it's a great question. And so just for clarification, for transparency. So I've, I've run multiple seven figure companies myself, but not eight or nine, but I've worked with a lot of our members are at that eight, nine level. And, and so I help advise them. Uh, what I, what I've seen is there's, there's a couple stages of business. One is I call it stage one is where you kind of jump out of the airplane. You're and you're building the parachute on your way down. You're like, Oh, this is a great idea. I hope it works. Stage <laughs> two is it, it does work. And all of a sudden you're on this trajectory like this, you're getting accolades or, you know, profits are coming in the, um, you know, might be getting press, all sorts of things are really working and you're scaling up like this. And, and then there's like this point where it kind of levels off and it levels off with either your own passion or the profits, like just things aren't the same things that were working before aren't working anymore. And yeah. this is, uh, you know, what I call stage three. And it's like, it can either be like this golden handcuff moment where you continue doing the same things over and over again, or you, you innovate and, and you have to cross this, this chasm and, and make this leap. And, and where I think the greater leap is, is where you connect your head, your heart, and your higher purpose and the head is the business smarts and the marketing side. And then the heart is what's the impact that you want to do in your higher purpose. Even, you know, we can talk about that, but what were you designed to do? And so I work a lot with entrepreneurs who have already experienced success and they're like, okay, now what? That's, that's that great question of now what? And, and the same thing that got you to where you are, is not going to be the same things that, that take you to that next spot. Yeah. What got you here won't get you there. Right. Sure. That that saying. I love that. And I do think that um, when you get to that stage three, as you call it, and um, a lot of businesses die there because you, I think you do lose that heart. Yeah. Um, you, you have to, if you can reroute and connect with that, that's really what's going to pull you through to that higher level. For sure. Yeah. I call it like falling back in love with your business and, or, you know, so sometimes it's reinventing what's going on in your business. Sometimes it's selling it. Sometimes it's taking a break and reevaluating where you are. I mean, for everyone, so I believe in like cycles and then cycles within cycles. And for me, it's, it seems like it's about a 10 year cycle. Like then there's something that I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with that chapter and, and yeah. what is, what's the next thing and what does that look like? And a lot of entrepreneurs, they get stuck in doing the same thing every single day for, you know, they're like, oh, I have 30 years of experience. And, and do they really have 30 years of experience or they have, you know, one year of experience 30 times that they're doing the same thing? Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because, you know, it's human nature. You get stuck in habit. Yeah. And, uh, Actually, I found a, a diagram of it. I realized I have it on my desk. Oh, you did? So I'm a, I'm a doodler. So. Oh, look at that. This is the airplane as you're jumping out of the airplane. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, if you can see that. It's all of the twirly lines here. That's like. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, you know, it's never, it's never this straight arrow, even if you think it, it's going to be. 
and then and then you make your way up here to stage two and then over here is stage three and it is like this chasm that you're leaping off into either this golden handcuffs or you know deciding uh to take that next evolutionary leap yeah that's wild in my book i have five phases so it's interesting we've been on this oh yeah look at that <laughs> but, but do you have doodles yeah, phase three, I call it the, the ringleader because it's a circle, uh -huh. you know, and uh, that, that is something that you want to pass through. You don't want to live there. Yeah. Know? Um, but I love the, I love the illustration. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always been a doodler. Uh, uh, if, if you see me looking down, it's usually because I'm like doodling something while oh my God, we're playing like around. But. That's supposed to help with ADD. Did you know yeah. that? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard that, and I heard you can <laughs> supposedly take in more and concentrate better, and uh, so, you know, all those yeah. things I'm, I'm good with. So, giving back is a yeah. big part of your life, and so how did all of that start? Yeah, well, so, so I'll, I'll challenge you on one thing, because I started as a copywriter, so to me, words are really important. Like, our words create our world. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs will use the words give, give back or giving back. And to me, that implies guilt. Like it means that we've taken something as entrepreneurs. And I think as entrepreneurs and to stay in business, the only way that happens is by being value providers, right? So that, you know, that, that's our, our give and, and what we do. So, you know, the, you know, before anything ever happens, like entrepreneurs are, are giving and, and making the world better from just what they do and being value providers. Very true. So, you know, like the language that I like is, is either creating an impact or, or just giving um, because it, it even, even just psychologically, subconsciously, it gets into this guilt driven, oh, I need, to, I need to give back. But I do think there's this beautiful circular path that can happen from like this learning, doing, teaching, and teaching can also be part of the, of the giving. And so that, mm -hmm. that can be this beautiful cycle. But you asked about how did I get started with that? It's, I don't know. Well, what was the calling inside of you where you were like, okay, I need to make this a big part of. of yeah, it, it just continued growing and growing when I saw the impact that it could have on not, not just myself, like personally, because it's kind of weird as humans, we're wired to want to give. And it's, uh, it, it's like, if, if you start the most like selfish thing that you can do is actually be selfless. And it's really weird and odd. And it's just like this beautiful biology that we're wired with. And, and when you stop and look at it, like the times when you're happiest are usually when you're, when you're giving or you're making a difference or doing something, whether it's for one person or, you know, a million people. And yeah. I think it, you're, I think you really touched on something that's so important because I think people feel like, Oh, I have to wait until I get to a certain level and I have this stash of cash and then I can give back. But if you wake up every day saying, you know, what can I give today? You know, how, yeah. how can I share? How can I make a difference? And weave it into your every single day. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I talk about in Evolved Enterprise in the book about. So uh, there, there's these interesting dynamics that are happening. I call this major seismic shift going on. It's like, it's like to me, business is never going to be the same again. And, and you can either embrace this change, which is embracing where your heart is anyway. Like, you know, we talked about connecting your head, your heart, your higher purpose, like getting that in alignment. Um, like it, it, it's almost like this juxtaposition and people don't believe that you could actually have, make your business better by, by creating an impact and, and, and giving and so forth. But, but it really does work because 
This is the way, so consumer buying behavior is changing. Consumers want to buy products from companies that have a greater mission, a greater purpose, and they're willing to either spend the same and change, you know, brand, the brand loyalty is dead. Um, Fortune 500 companies, or sorry, S&P 500 companies are staying on the list even a shorter amount of time than ever. I think it's something like 14 years now, or might even be 11 years. I think it was 14 years. So it used to be about uh, 40 some years they'd be on the list. And now it's dramatically shrinking. So brand loyalty is going away and, and consumers are voting with their wallets about what do they want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to, to, again, either pay the same or pay even a bit more premium for companies that have a greater mission. And then, so that's the outside in. And then the inside out is your team members, especially millennials, which is the largest group of, of team members that you would have. But everybody, everybody wants to be part of something bigger. And, you know, again, that's the way we're wired millennials especially and they're willing to even get paid less to work for a company that again has a greater purpose and a greater mission in what they do so there's all these forces occurring that are truly this seismic shift going on in business and Forbes quoted me in saying that you know you have about five to seven years that you need to have a core impact in your business as a or, or you're going to be at a competitive disadvantage and I, and I truly think that's the case like there's this window yeah, I, and I love that the millennials are wired that way. That, that yeah. gives me hope for our future, right? Yeah, totally. But, <laughs> but we're, all, we're all wired that way, like when you get down to it and you kind of peel back some of the cynicism or, or whatever else it is, because everybody wants to know that they had meaning in their life, purpose. And if you can connect it with business, like to me, entrepreneurship and, and business is that greatest lever of making a difference because we have five big ways of doing it. Um, we have our supply chain. So all the things that we're buying through our companies existing right now, if you started taking a peek at it, you don't have to do it all at once, but you can start looking at, okay, where, you know, again, we vote with our wallets and, and as companies, we have some pretty big voting power as well. So it's like, okay, what, what, what values are represented from these vendors that we work with? And could we maybe move some of that to another company that, that serves, um, I don't know, that has a greater impact than what we do. So we used to put on a lot of events and seminars and we switched uh, the people that would stuff our, our bags to a, a group called Opportunity Village in Vegas, which worked with, uh, with special needs population and giving them employment opportunities. And you know, it was just Love that. It was one, you know, it was one little thing and, and just looking at what can we do. And we've done all sorts of things. We also continue putting on very high end events now when we look at, okay, how do we want to show up? Because the ocean became a really big impact piece for us uh, as we've been starting to learn more and more about it with one of our key partners. And we're like, okay, look at all the single use plastic that we were just inadvertently doing it. So it's like creating intention around everything that you do. So it's like, we'll, we'll bring our own um, paper straws to events. We'll bring, uh, we'll show up with, with water bottles for attendees. We'll, we'll make sure that there's as little single use plastic as possible and then just changing little things. And so that's supply chain. That's one of the things. The other is your team. So I call it empowered employment, like thinking about ways of of bringing in maybe underserved populations that actually could become a competitive advantage. Um, You know, like this, uh, Allison. So there's a company called uh, Sarah Oliver handbags. And and there's a woman that just sort of started with, uh, with creating these hand knit handbags and people really loved them and she started selling them and people were like, wow, where can I get those? And stores started calling on her and they're like, well, you need to go manufacture those in China because that's where you're going to get a better price or whatever. She's like, no, I, I want to do it here in the U.S. And she like remembers these really fond times with her grandmother uh, learning how to, how to knit. 
And, and so she went to a local community center and said, you know, are there anyone, is there anyone here that would want to, you know, knit these bags with me? And she got, I think something like 10 or nine, it was like eight women, one, one man to, uh, to knit. And so now that's like part of the entire story and identity. So it's, it's like, it's a great, again, marketing piece. I it's love great that. But then she's also giving these people a purpose. Exactly. Right. right. Or an outlet. And, yeah. And it's not even a handout, right? It's, it's like yeah. it's part of the story and core identity. And that's what I love about when you start exploring, you know, what I call an evolved, involved enterprise. It's moving from transactional to transformational company where you're changing the identity of everyone that's served by the company to a, a transcending company where you're even looking at how to change then completely the business model. And, and so that empowered employment is one of them. Um, the talent on your team is another way that you can leverage the impact, the actual product or service itself. Obviously, if you can bake in the impact into the product or service, a lot of people are familiar with like Tom's Shoes or Bombas now as that buy one, give one model. And that has sort of become the default for a social enterprise, but there's so many more. I talk about 11 different models in there. And, uh, and then the other one, the fifth way is using our voice as entrepreneurs. So our database, our, our, you know, the people that we serve, how do we create these ripples uh, that continue flowing out from, from who we serve? Yeah, fantastic. Wow. I, it's just, I mean, you really can, the way that you're talking about it, you can weave it into every aspect of your business. So it's not right. just, hey, how, a percentage of how much we raise goes to X charity, which is great. Yes. Uh, but there are other ways of doing it too, and just creating a whole socially conscious company. Yeah, and that, that's so that, you know, the percentage is a little bit more transactional, but you can move to all these other ways. And what's really exciting is, you know, play with it, like experiment with it. Don't just trust me because I'm on this amazing podcast with you. Like it, it's, you can play with it and see like, so if you're, you can add it as maybe you do one brand and you just pick a month and you say, okay, you know, even at that lowest level percentage goes to this particular cause that we care about and just see, does that impact our sales or not? And, and then, you know, add in ways. So a lot of people always get sort of, I don't know, flustered about, okay, well, what is a cause and what do I, what do we care about and how do we make it? So it's got to be authentic. It's got to be a real tie in um, because in this age of transparency, um, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get serious flack if it's sort of like a, a greenwashing or pinkwashing or anything like that. Yeah. you know, yeah, something you truly care about. Yeah, know? exactly. And, and, and that's, that's where, where it becomes more exciting anyway. So it gets more exciting for you, your team, you know, everyone involved. So the kind of like the way that I uh, always suggest and advise companies is it's either going to come from the founder is like something that, that they care about or something that, that affected them in a big way. So maybe it's uh, a tremendous amount of pain that they went through in some way and they want to help other people. And so that's how, they want to show up and, and help, or it's, it's like, what do my customers really, really care about? And then how do I, you know, connect there? And a lot of times it's going to be one and the same because as founders, so many times we started something almost like to scratch our own itch or to, to create right. something that wasn't there for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where that mission driven comes. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so I mean, I could go on and on about that. There's just such a great topic. I mean, you've been at this business thing for a while. What do you, uh, now knowing what you know uh, from all the doodles that you've created, That's right. uh, what's the number one piece of advice, I'm putting you on the spot here, you would give your younger self? Just, just one thing. Um, man, it's like, it's so funny. It's like when you're younger, you have this, uh, 
naivete about, you know, it's just like this unbridled optimism that, that you can figure it out, like that parachute, like jumping out of the airplane and, and building the parachute on the way down. As you get older, it's like, oh, I see this model and I know this model. And it's like, you start almost like thinking too many steps down the line about why yeah. this won't necessarily work. So it's almost like I want my younger self to come back and give my advice to my older <laughs> self, which is just like, you know, walk. I used to talk about like, if you're in a really thick fog, just walk those couple steps that you can see. And then the next steps are going to open up and not having to be so wound up about how you're going to get from point A to Z, but go to point B and then see what opens up. Yeah, I love that. You know, I had a, a mentor early on when I was in the homeopathic world for a long time who said, um, you know, you can get techniqued to death and lose that authenticity of, of a healer or in any, any level of business, right? So, it, you know, sometimes you've, you, you're trying so hard to make it fit into a certain model or have certain steps of this XYZ system. Right. And then you lose that natural inclination that just that drives you and there are no lines. You know, yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah, I think it's not and not being afraid to follow your own heart. Like, you know, it's, it's really your heart really knows like it's I, I, I think a lot about like using joy as like this GPS that continues to propel us forward and attract us forward and then and then pain are like the guardrail. So joy is up here continuing to sort of pull us like what, you know, what gives us energy and excitement and enthusiasm and inspiration. And, and then pain is, you know, whether it's pain via sales, not working or just something like the more in alignment you are, the easier that path is up. And the more you're not, you're going to continue getting bonked on the head harder and harder uh, yeah. by the universe essentially. I know it's that sledgehammer. You just keep getting hit by it till you finally wake up. Right? Yeah, exactly. So um, how do you get through? So those sledgehammer moments, uh, what is, what gets you through the rough patches and keeps you inspired? Cause we, we all have those as, in, yeah. as a business owner. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, daily practice stuff. And then there's more things that are every you know, cyclical, like once a quarter, once a year or something like that. So the more daily stuff, I'm a big journaler. Uh, so every single night uh, I will journal and it's usually about, okay, you know, what's, what's going on. It's not, it's not, Oh, I ate an egg sandwich today. And, and, you know, I, I, I burnt the egg. Oh, well, but it's, you know, it's trying to dig into the emotional stuff and digging into the, the real feelings behind things. And, and then also capturing some of the magic of the day and capturing the momentum and capturing things that are going well. So I use my journal for all sorts of things. I also, um, you know, wanted to be a cartoonist as a kid. So in my journal, it's actually opened up uh, my, my art practice again. And I found that that creativity has shown up in all sorts of ways because I truly think entrepreneurs at our highest level, we're artists because yeah. you know, the business model is artistry, the, the way we show up in the world, the way we serve our customers, like all of that is artistry. And so the journal is a big part of it. Um, I love I love the journal because, um, and uh, you know, I have I used to journal and I haven't been, but now you're right. inspiring me because, you know, <laughs> the days go by, right, so quickly. Yeah. And to be able to take that moment and reconnect, like, what happened today, and what did what did I feel about that, and really reconnect. I'm sure that alone just brings. 
you know, infuses the joy back in. It's super powerful. Um, it's, it's one of those practices that I've done for years and years now. And it's like every once in a while, if I fall out of it, I notice it. And it's just like, because as entrepreneurs, we have so much stuff going on right here, right? And so journaling has been scientifically proven to make us happier because it creates a beginning, middle, and an end on that page. And, yeah. and wherever you start is not always going to be where you end anyway in your entry. Like you just need to start writing. And, and so many people have either like you, you know, Allison, like you have started journaling and sort of not done it anymore, or they tried it and they're like, yeah, oh, it's not for me. Or, or they don't think that they really enjoy their practice. But there's so many ways of using it. It's actually one of my favorite things to teach entrepreneurs and do. And um, so it, it's, it's like super easy. Like literally if you just set aside 10 minutes a day and, but, but you set it aside as, I love experiments, right? So all these things, like you can just try them as an experiment. Uh, and you say, okay, I'm going to do it for whatever, two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, whatever made sense for me, 33 days is sort of my magic number because it's more than a month and it's uh, it's a very specific number. And, and then, so I'll add different experiments to my life, like no sugar or no alcohol or different things and see how do I feel? So journaling is one of those practices you want to add to your life you give it a certain block of time, like right before bed or right in the morning, the first time. And then, and it's not that hard. I mean, it's just like, as long as you do it and then you get better at it. And then you get, there's a, an excitement and an interest and a lot of synchronicities that show up when you go back to those entries. Like, like you're talking about like, oh, days go by so fast. You're like, oh, three years ago, I was still, I was thinking about this. And this is the same theme that I've been continuing to screw around with. Like I need to either stop thinking about this and get rid of it or do something about it get over it right yeah I had a situation where um, years ago when in my first one of my early businesses and I was having an issue with a partner and I was I kept dreaming about it and I was mm. so angry because um, mm. something happened and I kept dreaming that I, I would confront her and just like yell it out right and so I woke up one night at like two in the morning and I just allowed the pen to go and I just expressed what I was feeling and then that the dreams completely stopped yeah so you know there's so there's something about the pen to the paper not the on the computer yes not the quickly yes for sure there's different neural pathways that, that are connected because of our our hands and the pen and the paper and then so if you want to know another cool trick um this is taught to me by a friend of mine a guy named Bill Donius who's an innovation expert in the, in like the Fortune 500 world. And he wrote a cool book called Thought Revolution. And so it's based on a technique actually from a child psychologist. And so if I'm right-handed and so you would take your left hand, your non-dominant hand and, and write. And, and it seems so weird. Like the first time you try it, you're like kind of laughing. You're like, oh my God, I can't read this. And, but, but there's a playful nature to it. And then also it like opens up a deeper wisdom. So it opens up another part of our brain and it's a, it's a more of a, a whole brain practice. And so I'll write questions to myself in my journal. Um, and, you know, I love questions because your questions dictate your answers and the better the question, the better your answers. And so then I'll, I'll write the question. I'll write out some answers with my dominant hand, my right hand, and then I'll come back in with my non-dominant hand and I'll get different, more meaningful responses. I'm going to try that. Try it. It's awesome. I it's love really that cool. idea. And it yeah. kind of takes you back to your childhood when you were like trying to figure out how to write. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that sounds very cool. And if you're journaling, you know, use some pens. I love the colored pens. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally inspiring me. 
Totally. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna send you. I'll take a snapshot of my of my little. Doodle. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Do it. <laughs> so um, now, how do you tell the difference? Because you've had different businesses, and you know, obviously, different periods in your life. How can you tell when it's okay? This is a rough patch. Um, or, you know, it's time to completely either drop it or reroute. That's a great question. Yeah, that was, a, you know, that, that stage three aspect of like when things yeah. are sort of flatlining, it's like, okay, do I need to reconnect to my why? You know, why, did, why did I end up starting this thing anyway? And, and like, to me, everything's about intention, the intentionality of, of what it is. And, and so if I'm still continuing to push at what the intention is and, and feel like I'm making, making a difference there, then I'm on that right track and I'll, I'll, I'll keep looking for the new model and, and the different ways of doing things. But if I wake up more often than not feeling uninspired and just like, you know, use your body as a, as a mechanism for really figuring out where you are, like it, it's totally normal to have off days, but if it's, if they stretch into, weeks and it stretches into like just you know avoidance of all these things that used to give you energy then yeah it, you know it's time to really look at what you want to do for real and it's you know i have a saying which is it's it's always scary to it's typically it's it's frequently scary to follow your heart but never wrong and yeah. You, yeah, that's so sort of like, you know jumping off this cliff and i have this i have this thing actually that uh you know sophia on my team that you met sophia she had created from this one trip that we did to Necker Island. And it was actually from my journal. It was like the first time I ever read anything from my journal. And it was, it said, it says, trust, trust the universe has even more in store for you than you can imagine. Trust the divine timing, trust your crazy ideas, trust your wings will grow when you leap, trust your nature, trust you've been encoded with a cosmic alarm clock, trust the signs, symbols, and synchronicity sent to you. Trust the co-conspirators catalyzing your conscious evolution trust the perfect unfolding of your understanding and trust your divine connections. So every, you know, every once in a while I look at that. Oh, and I like, love that. You got to send that to me because I yeah. want to hear that. I, I just think that is so beautiful. I think that's yeah. so beautiful. You know, you can't, it, it's kind of like if you're in a relationship and the love's not there. Uh, I think, I think uh, Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond did a song on that, but mm -hmm. uh, it's like, you can't, make yourself feel that and i know that right. feeling and i knew coming to the end of certain businesses it's like there's just it's just not there it's like a next chapter right like it's it's yeah. like uh it's time to close that one chapter and, and rewrite a new one and, and many times it's really painful because our identities are so wrapped oh yeah what that business is and so i've gone through that and you know again we talked about the you called it sledgehammer right like it's the two by four or whatever it is and it continues getting to me, harder and harder. Like for me, it was a $300,000 bonk in the head where it was like, okay, it's time to, to make a difference here, make a change. And it was like, I had one company that I kind of sort of fell out of love with, which is my publishing company uh, in the digital space. And that was the one that I used to like love. And, and then, but that was paying all the bills and it was the, the cash cow. And then I had this other thing, which was Maverick that I was just exploring and it, and I was paying from here to here, you know, and sponsorship deals and all these things and propping it up. And, and it was like, I had this sort of open checkbook and 
hundred thousand dollars in, my wife's like, so what the hell are you doing? And I, you know, I, I ended up like selling my Aston Martin because I was, um, had, I had a bunch of bills to pay out of that company. I'm like, oh, I, I need to get some quick cash. And it's just like, you know, how much does it take to, to really get your attention? A friend of mine, we had lunch maybe a year ago and he's like, Oh yeah, yours is 300,000. Mine was 3 million. Like, yeah. Oh. I was going to say, I've done more than that. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. So it doesn't have to be money either, right? Like, so things continue to get your attention. It could be health. It could be relationship yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. It's it's all these things that force you to look at, you know, okay, what what are you doing? And then recalibrate and, and see. And um, and then it's, it's, it's your ego's kind of tied into that too. I know for me, when it's just been hard to let go because it's like, you know, it's your baby and this is, you know, your community or whatever it is right and walking away from that feels yeah hard. So, yeah and I, I think there's um uh, you know something to be said for even mourning right like like yeah. there's a loss that that can happen with that and then that's how you have to create a new you know i've gotten better at this because i i just went like everything for a certain amount of time was just like oh easy it, it turned in you know anything i touched sort of turned to gold it was like super easy simple and then when I did something that I thought was that connection of head, heart, higher purpose, I'm like, okay, this is my, my real thing. And it was really difficult to do. Like, I was like, this is so strange. And I love it. It actually forced me to turn back to like my more spiritual roots from way back because like that thing I read to you about trust, like I would never have written or even considered something like that. It really forced me to open up in a whole different way of surrendering and also opening up to, you know, is there a greater story here? Like I love the the deity Ganesh, which is the, the elephant headed uh, Hindu yeah. deity. And he's he's known, most people know him as the, uh, the remover of obstacles, but he's also the placer of obstacles, which I love. So it's, it's like the obstacles are there in your way to actually move you towards your true dharma or your true purpose of what you're meant to do. And that that's, you know, really exciting because I look at, okay, that $300,000 sort of detour and the sideways meandering really forced me to get clear on, I didn't want to build an adventure travel company. That wasn't the ultimate intention, but it forced me to say, okay, the real mission here is to change the way business is played and, and to work on creating an impact with these people that have the greatest leverage and reach and, and doing some really interesting thing in the world. And, and so what does that look like? Well, let's talk about that. Um, Maverick. Yeah. 1,000. What, you know, t tell us about Maverick and, and what led you to create it. Is that, that's what you're talking about now? Yeah, exactly. So it started off as Maverick Business Adventures, where it's just like, okay, I want to go off and do these great, amazing, wild adventures with my buddies and friends. And we, you know, the essence always remained the same, which is interesting. Uh, but the expression has changed. And the essence was, it was like three interconnected circles, a dollar sign, a happy face and a heart. And so we would have business sessions in the middle of Baja, Mexico. Uh, we're riding dune buggies and, and doing all sorts of great stuff. And there'd be a charity element and maybe mentoring of young entrepreneurs. So it was like the pieces were always there, but you know, it, it wasn't, the business model wasn't right or I couldn't figure it out from that standpoint. And then it really forced me to look at, okay, this is not an adventure travel company I want to build. There's something more. And I, we changed the name actually using that left hand in writing uh, which I think the question was something like, what would, what would your 111 year old self tell you? Um, and, and so the answer that I got was light a thousand suns who can each light another thousand suns. And it's a really beautiful image of, you know, to me, a sun is a universe creator. It's, 
It's uh, someone that, that nourishes life everywhere. And then this idea of lighting another thousand suns is just so remarkable. And, and then later on, I didn't even know this, but I found that in the Bhagavad Gita was a quote about a thousand suns. If a thousand suns were to rise in the sky all at once, something like all, all darkness would be, would be illuminated or cast away or something. It was really a beautiful sort of, you know, confirmation that I was on the right path. And so that is the real intention of what we're doing is, is how do you light a thousand suns who can light another thousand suns? And what does that look like? And, and we've changed it to, from the dollar sign to a tree and the tree represents growth. Like how do you grow yourself? And that's why we'll do all sorts of, you know, I think sort of business, speakers and content for the most part are ubiquitous. Like you can, if you really want to find someone, you can get them on YouTube, right? But it's the deep connection that happens. And so I really believe in finding ways of creating deep connections and and unusual situations for people where they might be dressed up in Alice in Wonderland, magical garden clothing, or, or we, you know, surprise them and take them on a zombie crawl or something, or who knows what it is. And, or we're out in the middle of, the safari and we we have something called tacky khaki day and so you dress up in your tackiest khaki safari clothing and, and so you know we love having a lot of fun with people and then yeah. put in that situation where it's like it doesn't matter if you're a owner of a 10 million dollar company or 100 million dollar company or you're um uh, you know someone that has a big reach in the world or someone that's just starting to find that that bigger voice but you're inspired in a different way and i think that happens from these deep connections from from putting them in situations like that. So, so that's what we've always really relied on. And then also the impact side. So we put 10% of member dues into an impact fund, which was at $3 million that you mentioned. Uh, but also we have unique experiences and trips uh, where it's everything from like going to Haiti and helping build self-sustaining villages to another kind of Island, which is Necker Island. We'd go with Richard Branson and brainstorming with his nonprofit on, on key global issues. So, you know, it's really, it runs the gamut. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, that sounds fantastic. It's kind of like um, summer camp in a sense uh, for business owners. So they get into a place where they can play. Yeah, little. play is such They're a great so word. serious, you know? Yeah. yeah, play is play is a really beautiful word. It's like, it's like when we are actually, I really think as entrepreneurs, like when we are playing, like we're at our highest vibrational level like we're doing the things that we're meant to be doing because it's just like fun like like work you could you know work doesn't have to be work it can be play because when you're putting out something that is your unique ability and what you love and gives you energy and and you feel even more inspired at the end of the day because you know you're you're on purpose and you're doing what you're meant to do that's play it should be fun yeah yeah if you're not having fun then like it's time for time for oh go ahead well, I was just going to say one distinction because, you know, some people can correlate fun to like happiness and I talk about joy. So I think happiness, it's like, oh, well, I should be happy. There's times, I don't know about you and I'm going to bet this might be the case for me. It is like, there's times when I'm not happy, but I'm joyful because I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Like I'm like, the more I can be fully utilized, the more I can, I call it like effortless effort, like putting my full self into something. But that doesn't mean that it's always like happy, 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 but it's joyful because you know you're, you're in the right trajectory. You're on purpose. Yeah, like, like happy can be eating an ice cream cone, but that ice cream cone quickly melts or whatever. Like it doesn't, you know, or if you eat too many ice cream cones, that's not happy anymore. But joyful is like 
doing what you're meant to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. You, you, as long as you feel like what you're doing is making a difference and you feel aligned with it, but yeah. human emotion is not always going to stay on, on the bouncing on rainbows. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, but it, the whole picture of it excites you. I, I totally get what you're talking about. So, um, and you, you, okay, so you cultivate these incredible business owners big thinkers, innovators, uh, even like, like Richard Branson. How do you, how have you personally been able to meet so many big players? And what is your advice for others that say, you know, I'd really like to level up um, the people that I'm meeting, that I'm introduced to? How, how does that work in your world? Well, I think that it comes from a couple of places. So to me, I always think your life changes from the books you read or materials you study, the people you meet and the experiences that you have. So those are kind of my three things. And that's, that's kind of about it. I, like, I think that there's so many mentors and opportunities available for people that have put their lifetime of work into a book. You know, I know you have an incredible book out there. Uh, I, I, you know, to me, books are sort of your, your best friend. And so so many people are like, well, I can't meet so-and-so, but you know, you can meet them. I used to meet them all the time on my, on my drives where I'd listen to their programs and their podcasts now and, and just all sorts of stuff. So you have that opportunity, but you know, there's nothing beats in person for sure. And so it's putting you in a spot that, that you can show up in a way that you're there where, where those people are. And, and sometimes this might get maybe a little too metaphysical, but, but it depends also on how you show up, right? Like if you show up as like, you can be a fan and you can really appreciate what they do, but you need to show up as a human first and connect to them on a, on a human level. Um, because you just think about, you know, we were just talking about before the show started, you know, I have a mutual friend um, who's the former producer of Oprah Winfrey show right? Sure. It's a lot. Of, and, and like how many times, like she used to be the gatekeeper, like how many times people approach Oprah about, you know, this or that. And like, if you show up in that same way, then you're just going to be kind of put in that same bucket. And, and so I always looked at, first of all, where is my genuine authentic connection? Because not every business icon or celebrity I connect with on a deep resonance level about who they are and what they care about. Like, so Branson and I definitely do. It's like, we, we can talk about space. We can talk about how business makes a difference in the world. And we have a lot of fun together. Like I dressed up as a, as a showgirl once and surprised him in front of like 3000 people. And oh my God, it's this hilarious. amazing. And he loves that humor yeah. thing. Right. So it's like, you know, how do you show up in a way that, that also is, and I've learned to step more and more into it because he's, he's my biggest business hero. Right. Like, so it's hard to be like, Oh, you know, and, and just keep it at that level. And you, but if you don't, then, then you're beholden to them or waiting for them to, to sort of acknowledge you in some way or whatever. Like you, you need to show up as a whole person, like be, be fully whole yourself. And then you don't, you're not waiting for someone else to bestow upon you. I don't know, whatever it is. So that's one way. I mean, in a more practical way, it's like you just show up where, where those people are. And, and, you know, I know you run an incredible mastermind group. It's like you want to show up with people that are thinking big, 
who have great vision, who are, who have great energy, who are, you know, positive, optimistic about the future. And, and that's where things happen. I mean, it, it really is like, I don't like the expression of who you, you know, it's not what you know, but who you know, but it comes down to that sometimes because you want, it's not just who you know on a transactional level too. It's more about who do you know on a, on a deeper level? Like who do you truly have a, a bond with that, that those are the people that are looking out for you and you're looking out for them. Yeah, it is. It, and, and it does elevate you, you know, because you have to show up at a higher level. You have to work on yourself and yeah. you have to show up at a higher level and it just energetically, and I am into the woo woo stuff. So you never feel like too much <laughs> for me. I was a homeopath for 20 years. So. Oh, that's right. Um, right. I, yeah. Actually, I love homeopathy. I think, I think yeah, I already get people to think I'm weird. So, um, but that energetically, you just surround yourself with people. It's who you're plugging into. It's something right. Carolyn Mace, I don't know if you know who she is, but she wrote a book, yeah. Energy Anatomy, years ago, one of my favorite books. And whatever tribe you're plugging into. And yeah, if, for if sure. the tribe is as a, a low resonance, it's going to pull you down. If it's a higher level energy, it's going to pull you up. It's Exactly. It's, so and our bodies know it, right? Like, it's, it's like, you know, I'm trying to teach my, my daughter who's 12 this lesson about her friends. I'm like, okay, well, how does this friend make you feel? How does this other friend make you feel? And, yeah. and it's like just getting her to stop for a moment. And, and we can all do that, right? Like, how, yeah. does, how does this tribe make you feel? How does this person, how does this partner, how does this, you know, joint venture partner make you feel? Like, it's, it's just about us quieting almost like that, that part of like that wants to explain away something or, or coming back into our intuition and gut. And, you know, you, you had mentioned like, how do you keep connecting to what's real and what's important? I think meditation or mindfulness practice is huge or, and, you know, it doesn't have to be meditation. That's, that's become a bigger and bigger thing. But, but I found that to be a huge part of making sure that I'm on track and, and listening to that inner voice and, and, and getting deeper guidance. Yeah. Wow, we could talk for hours and hours, you know. That would be fun. <laughs> really, fun. we will definitely need to do that. And I, I love all the things that you're that you're up to. And you have um, some gifts for our either because we this is also uh, you know some people are watching, some people are listening, depending on what platform. And uh, you're going to give away some cool stuff. Do you remember what that was? I don't remember what it was. Oh, <laughs> You have the first two chapters of your evolved enterprise and 11 evolved. Oh yeah. Oh, actually. Oh yeah. That's actually a really cool one. Yeah. So we have the first, uh, first couple chapters of evolved enterprise. And then we have this really cool infographic that we created about the 11 different impact models for evolved enterprises. Uh, so it's a nice okay, big cool. representation of, of all the different models and, and how you can apply them. Cool. Well, um, we, we have a library and you can go to alisonmaslin.com forward slash library and you will get these two downloads plus all of the other downloads we've had for our shows. But if people want to reach out to you, Yannick, or, you know, learn more about what you're doing, uh, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, you can pick up the book, Evolved Enterprise, wherever books are sold. Uh, I blog occasionally on yannicksilver.com, Y-A-N-I-K, silver. Uh, and then if they're a high-level entrepreneur, they should check out maverick1000.com. Fantastic. Well, very cool. Um, this has been so much fun. 
And uh, I really um, am excited about all the things you're doing. And I'm going to, now you've inspired me, I'm going to start journaling again. Oh, good. All right, I, yes. I got to get some different colored pens and stuff. There you go. A lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. Text me a picture of a, of a couple of them. Okay. I will do that. And thank you all for watching or listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. I definitely have. It's been a blast. And uh, Yannick, thank you so much. Thanks, Allison. For being with us. So for those of you, uh, uh, get out there and elevate yourself because you are worth it. And until next time on the Scalar Bell Show, we will see you soon. Bye, everybody. People always talk about they want to be part of uh, seven-figure companies. I'm now part of seven, eight, and nine-figure companies. I've been introduced to some of the largest corporations, uh, Fortune 500 companies, and it's with Allison's help, she's kind of expanded my horizons and my capabilities. And I think that's the most important thing where she expands, she, she makes you know what you can do and be successful at that. Being with Allison and being able to learn who to hire and why to hire and how to develop a passionate, creative, inspired team was really, really important for me because I needed to shift some energy in my business. And I feel like with her help, I've really done that. Pinnacle helped me grow my company to where at this point a year ago, I'm making a, I made a million more than I did at this point last year. So I really wanted to break that ceiling. I've hit that ceiling for several years in a row and Pinnacle has helped me do that by implementing the thought. It's, it's actually just a thought process and how you view your company and how you view what you're doing. I think a lot of us entrepreneurs are hard on ourselves and are hard on our companies when it's not that we shouldn't be that way. So I think it's just looking at things a little bit differently, um, putting into practice the systems that she teaches us. Uh, for example, if you want an example, um, putting people in place to where I want my business to be at in two, three years. So I've got people right now in place and it's wild. It's just like it's all the work is coming in and we're in place and we're not stressed out. And it's just amazing. It's just an amazing place to be. What I love most about being in the Pinnacle is constant access to support. So whether it be my mastermind group or the recorded resources that Allison has produced for us or the constantly cutting edge information that's coming to us on social media, Facebook ads, how to conduct webinars, I mean, you name it, we have a resource for it. So since joining Pinnacle, we've added 12 new positions to the company. We've increased revenue about 43%. We've increased profit by 111% um, this year. More importantly, I've gotten out of some roles um, that I was in like QA manager and some of the marketing um, things that I was doing are now outsourced, or not outsourced, insourced to a, a team member. Um, and I've really focused in on running the business instead of letting it run me. Uh, coaching opportunities out there. And a lot of times I'm, I'm a little bit suspicious. It's a kind of a sales job. You know, are they, are they in it for themselves? Are they in it for me? And at no time have I ever felt with Pinnacle that my best interest was not number one priority. And it's truly an organization, and not just Allison and the coaches, but everyone there. It's a, coming from a, a place of giving and um, working for mutual benefit, a lot, a lot of sharing going on. 
and that's a, a great team to work with. Uh, right off the bat, I laid a foundation for my coaching practice and I increased my prices uh, and within one week I had signed two high paying clients that had basically paid for my, co my coaching program with Allison and since then uh, my income has doubled every single month. It's been tremendous but being a part of the community has been the greatest asset. I've been so fortunate and blessed to befriend so many other amazing entrepreneurs who I learn from on a regular basis, who always have my back, like-minded people that I surround myself with, and the environment is, is so positive. I just cannot speak highly enough of it, and I am always compelled to share it with everyone I know. I feel it is the biggest gift to introduce and share this opportunity to connect with this kind of community uh, with everybody that I know. Don't be the company like I was, being a business for over 12 years looking back and saying what did I do in the last 10 years? Do it now. Now is all we have. We don't have the past and we don't have the future. All we have is now. I've been in business for 21 years now and I've worked with a number of business coaches and I watched Allison for four years and the results that her clients had when they worked with her and I finally decided this is the next coach that I'm going to hire because she is the real deal. She is available to her people. She absolutely cares deeply about each and every individual and the success of their business. And you know what? We have to, in business, take risks. And sometimes taking risk is hiring that new coach. This is a risk worth taking. There is nothing like it. I can't even explain um, what the opportunity and the learning um, that comes with Pinnacle. Don't even think about it, because if you think about it, and that's the number one thing that will hold you back, just do it, you won't regret it. You just need to do it. I mean, you have to stop being on the fence. You have to get off the, the, the fence is boring. The fence is honestly, I was on the fence for, oh gosh, I was on the fence for maybe two years? And it was a horrible fence to sit on. I hated the fence because the fence kept me stuck. And it was when I finally jumped off the fence that my business skyrocketed.